Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties 2. This episode is one part of my hour-long NPR show heard every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it has broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, everything your dog wants you to know, as well as the Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know, because I care about people who care about cats, dogs, and other creatures who share our planet. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival and the New York Cat Film Festival, which travel America and Canada supporting local animal welfare groups. I could not bring you this show without the support of Dr. Elsie's, the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian who's created a variety of litters to please any cat, as well as inventing clean protein cat foods based on the protein found in cats' natural prey. This show is also made possible with the generous sponsorship of Waruva, the Foreman family-owned pet food company named after their rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa, where all their recipes in cans and pouches are human edible because they're made in a human food facility. I have a wonderful filmmaker for the Dog Film Festival. Her name is Deepanjali, and she's made the most gorgeous animated film called Gone for Good. And it's really changed my whole thinking about animated films. We know many of them can be works of art, not meant for children necessarily, although children could enjoy it, but also something deeply felt and emotionally stirring in a way that I hadn't necessarily expected an animated film to be. Deepanjali, the funniest thing, and welcome to the show, is that I thought, oh, Deepanjali, she's in India. This is going to be great. I love having people from all over the world in the film festival, and I wonder which time zone she's in, and it'll be the middle of her night and the middle of my morning. And there you are in Brooklyn, right? Right, exactly. Right here. What a funny thing. So the first thing I want to ask, besides the, the character in Gone for Good, who is one of the most charming pugs ever, is about your name, can you explain it? Because in your submission, it said FNU Deepanjali. And I thought, what's an FNU? I didn't, I've never seen that. Can you explain that? Yeah. So uh, I didn't have a surname when my parents were keeping my name. So when I was applying for the visa in the U.S., so uh, my first name, which is Deepanjali, becomes my last name. And my surname is the, like, I don't have a surname. So my first name is unknown. So F-N-U, Dipanjali. So Dipanjali is my first name. First name unknown. But actually, Dipanjali is your first name. Exactly, yes. So is it rare to not have a surname? I mean, are you like Madonna or Cher? You only have (laughs) one name? Or is this a common thing in where you came from in India? Yeah, like many, many people didn't have by the time when I was uh, young. But now it's like compulsory to have a surname everywhere, going outside in foreign countries. But in India, that time it was normal to have not have a surname. How extraordinary. So your father and mother are called only by their first names. Uh, no, they have a surname. Everybody in my family has a surname apart from me and my brother. And what's the reason for that? Is I mean, I find one of the great things about the Dog Film Festival and the Cat Film Festival is that 
you learn about other cultures and other cultural ideas about dogs and cats. But now I'm learning something about names, which I just think is fascinating. Why did they not give you and your brother a surname? <laughs> so uh, my parents, they came and asked uh, me and my brother that if we wanted uh, any surname. And we were like very, like, very young that time. So we didn't realize that it was very compulsory and we would study abroad and we would then face a problem not having a surname. But then they asked us and we said, we don't want a surname. So, <laughs> Oh, my so goodness gracious. <laughs> That's really interesting. There are parts of the world like Spain and, and other countries where a woman's family name becomes her dominant name, not the man's name. And somehow all the names are used, but which is the most dominant one is the woman's name that she brings with her, which seems, um, you know, um, something feminist, but it wasn't. It was just something cultural. Well, I I hope you just get as, as famous as Cher or Madonna, if you want to be. Oh, my and, God. And you could just be happy with your one beautiful name. Talk a little oh bit about God. animation. Where did you learn it? How did you learn it? Is this is this something which is being taught in India, or you learned it in the U.S.? Uh, so my background, I did it in uh, architecture. So I practiced architecture for a long time. And then uh, in India, I did my undergrad in architecture. But while studying architecture, I was really interested in film set design. And I did a master's in London uh, based on how to build a set and a costume and uh, having a whole theater experience so I practiced theater design and set design in London. Wow. But while I was doing theater, I realized that everybody is now moving towards like having animation in theater as well. So which is going to be the future of having everything animated and the world of animation is growing and no better place to learn it from the U.S. So I applied for another master degree and I wanted to learn more and get myself educated. And that's why I landed up here. Wow. That. You are extremely serious about your learning. You get undergraduate degrees in architecture and then a master's in set design and now a master's in animation. Where do they give that degree in America? <laughs> um, I, got, I applied to Pratt and Pratt has a two-year course called MFA in 3D Animation and Motion Arts. And it's also a master's in fine arts degree. So in future, if I would want to like uh, teach here, I could uh, do it like oh. with my MFA degree. So you could be a teacher, which would be, that would be a really interesting way to support yourself as an artist, would be to right. teach animation, which is, as you say, it's it's growing in all kinds of fascinating ways, including big giant animated Marvel comics kind of movies but also art animation. Every year in the Academy Awards and the Oscars, they have a short animated film division. And the films right. that we see in that, which are not always that accessible, but sometimes the independent art theaters show it, is very yeah. similar to what you did in Gone for Good. It's, it's more, in fact, in a way, kind of architectural. But it's... Right. it's it's not what you expect. You, it, I think we all have an expectation of what a cartoon is. So people of a certain age, which would be me, think, oh, animation is cartoons like Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. And right. obviously yeah. it has evolved enormously since then, but Disney films still look exactly like the Donald Duck of 1950 or whenever Donald Duck was born. 
they really don't right. look that different. But what you're doing is a very different kind of animation. And I'm wondering, how hard is it to learn it? It used to be you had to, in the olden days, the little that I knew about animation, they would say that the people that made the Mickey Mouse, if you will, cartoons, they had to draw every single frame, one at a right. time by hand. That can't be true anymore, or is it? Uh, so it is like animation has three kinds of uh, styles. One is called experimental animation. Second is 2D animation. And one is 3D animation. So I combined uh, experimental and 2D together. So I have used After Effects for uh, animation as well as I've also like done frame by frame. So I've like mixed it together and that's why it's more onto like an experimental kind of an animation. And did you, and so you draw, drew many of the frames by hand, one after the other of the pug? Uh, yes, I did. And then uh, for some parts, I even like made his different body parts together. And then I used uh, After Effects uh, for the puppet tools, and then I animated the puppet tool in After, After Effects for the movement of the pug. Wow! So it's a very so it's really great that you had architectural training. It seems quite scientific, very much like an engineer, an artistic right. engineer in a way. Yeah, and I also feel like you know, in film uh, or any kind of uh, you know uh, a movie, every. Uh, space requires an architecture. So for example, if a movie is based on Art Nouveau, Art Nouveau style, you need a, a whole building or you know the set based on that style of architecture. So um, I feel like architecture is one of the most important field uh, which I have, uh, like my basics, so that I can get into like the story of the whole script and then add in the spatial uh, part it and also add the characters how they would dress up and then so I could combine all of it together in one of the stories to tell well it was gone for good which is the name of your of your movie which we'll talk about in a minute the the sort of the 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 reason for the story whether it was personal or simply an idea you came up with is was that something you did for your degree at Pratt was that part of a thesis or a, a project Yes, so uh, there was uh, there's a course, uh, there was a subject called animation. Uh, so uh, in that, I had to like develop a story, uh, which was related to me personally, and uh, have like a story built and then have it all animated in uh, not more than four minutes. So and I had this was the first project which was there in the first semester and continued till the second semester. So like it was a one year uh, project. I could see it would take a year from what you're describing about the meticulous way that you would make such a film, even at four minutes. So did this happen to you? Did you go off to college and leave behind your grieving dog? Yes. Um, so uh, my pet, uh, when he, were, he came for the first time 12 years back, now he's 12 years old. So we both lived together and the amount of love he gave me uh, in return i used to always think that uh, whenever i leave the house how does he feel like what does he right. feel what what emotions does he uh, go through so i wanted to experience the whole movie in the way like what he felt yes because i could always see it in his eyes that how 
uh, how uh, he can't you know have a voice to tell but his emotions were so strong that how sad he get like and he didn't eat for a few days and i left so it was very difficult for me to like leave but i had to for the education and uh, he was always there like hiding under but the joy he used to get when i used to go back uh, it was really precious but as he's become 12 years and i've come to america which is far far away from india so i don't know if i'll be there uh, when will i go there and that you know that scare in me i just wanted to portray my emotions and in his, and his emotions so that like every dog owner or everybody who is loved knows the feeling of from both the sides like how that emotion is you captured it beautifully and i think that the film really is fits right into the mission statement of the dog film festival and really a lot of the things that i talk about on this show which have to do with what are dogs really feeling what is the dog's life like are we only thinking yeah. of ourselves? Can we put ourselves in the dog's shoes or paws and think about it from their point of view? And that's exactly what you set out to do and you achieved. And the sorrow that he feels, it's its not a cha-cha, ha-ha kind of a animation, although some of them in the film festival are hilarious. It's yeah. not sad like boo-hoo. It's more sad, deeply spiritually sad. You're, you've yeah. captured an animation which in this quite architectural, modernistic kind of animation, I want to call it, which might not be the right word, the depth of his feeling for the girl and her leaving. Yeah. And it's so touching. And I think that all of us do feel bad when it's hot out and I can't take my dogs in the car. I feel really right. bad and they're not staying home alone. And yeah. they've got each other. And I say to them, check your puppy Rolex. I'll be back in two hours. And I don't know if they okay. check their, their wristwatch or not. <laughs> but I think there's always a tone of voice and a body language that we can use. And certainly if there's no suitcase involved, they feel a lot better. But I think what you've done <laughs> here is really capture the whole essence of the idea that the relationship and the love is very much two-way. And right. we have to consider the pain we cause our dogs and that it's an expression of how much they love us. Exactly. Yes, right. And the fact that he wouldn't eat for two days. So, Deepanjali, what are we going to do for your future? Do you want your future to be in America? Do you want to get jobs to do some of this combined kind of mixed media kind of professional right. artistic career? And, and does Pratt help you to do that? You're so gifted. I... I don't know what I could do to help, but to put it out there that if anybody who comes to the Dog Film Festival October 23rd sees this little precious jewel of an animated film, Deepanjali will be there. You could offer her a position, an internship or something. I don't know. Is it is it very hard to get a job or if you come through? That's so sweet of you. Well, uh, I mean, I'm wondering maybe Pratt has a whole, you know, they, they whoosh you right into a job because Pratt is very distinguished. Right, yeah. Uh, it does uh, definitely help. Like, Pratt always keeps posting job opportunities wherever they hear from on social media so that students can start applying. But being a foreigner, and I don't have, like, a lot of resources here, and it's just my school and the amount of work I could put in my school career to period of time. That is the only time where I can get a job. 
and it's definitely very tough uh, but my goal is uh, i want to become like an art director in future and uh, i want to apply all my learnings from architecture from set and costume and from storytelling animation together so i feel like the more inclined towards i am is to, like becoming the creative uh, designer of a company or like uh, an art director so that i can have the hold of the design part um and because i feel like that is my strength here and i can execute that very well what's what's uh, you it clearly you can from from judging from from your film but i think what's what sets you apart from american students is you've gotten three degrees not one and you have to try harder and work harder because you are a foreigner and you don't know the landscape but you also see some you seem like someone who wants to have gotten a degree in all of this to do it really properly right. and correctly and then with that as your foundation to be creative on top of it i i wish yeah. you great good luck because I really appreciate what it must be like to leave not just that gorgeous pug but your whole family mm -hmm. and your whole culture in order to yeah. go for a dream an artistic dream which right. is something that we all should celebrate you know it's people take the easy way people are fearful of of the unknown or of change or of risk and I I really salute you for having embraced all that and being such a, a wonderful so artist in the process I I hope that that there are some people listening to the show who can write to me at radiopetlady at gmail.com and say, I would love to give this amazing young Indian woman a chance to do something creative in, in the art department and in, in the in the drawing department, whatever it might be. Well, we've run out of time, Dupanjali, but Thank it's you. wonderful yes. to talk to you. I'm so happy you submitted the film. I hope your professors really admire and respect how good you are and that they will help give you that boost into the real world when you're finished with your education. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Daisy. Thank you. Thanks for listening. There are a few more very special companies that make this show possible, and I hope you will support their support of my mission to entertain and educate. Merrick Pet Care, which began as a family-run company in Texas 30 years ago, is still making natural pet food I feed my own dogs. They also provide nutrition to pet shelters in Chicago and Texas and free food for the service dogs for veterans from Canines for Warriors. Cradle, which makes CBD calming products to reduce stress for dogs using broad-spectrum CBD from U.S.-grown hemp, formulated with a proprietary blend of nutraceutical ingredients. My Wanda Weimaraner couldn't get through thunderstorms without their cradle melts. Earth Animal, which is privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, creates holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition and makes innovative foods like the hybrid dog food Wisdom, which sometimes is all that Maisie Hotchner will eat. Evermore Pet Food, which is privately owned by two extraordinary women who cook dog food from the most pristine human edible ingredients and ship it to your door in frozen pouches. It's higher quality and more ethically sourced than my own food. Thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this shorter version of Dog Talk and Kitties 2, and we'll listen to other episodes sometime soon.